Welcome to Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, a podcast dedicated to helping modern-day believers live out the teachings of the first century church. This podcast is part of the teaching ministry of Dr. David K. Bernard. Dr. Bernard has dedicated his life to studying the Bible and helping believers apply its message to their daily lives. In Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, Dr. Bernard answers your questions about what the Bible teaches and how those teachings apply to everyday life. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 says that if we honor the Lord with our wealth through giving, that our barns will be filled with plenty and our our presses shall burst out with new wine. And then later in Malachi chapter 3, God promises his people that if they give their tithes and their offerings, that he will open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, he said, that there won't be room enough to receive it. Of course, some have used these verses and others like them as proof that if we give, we're guaranteed that God is going to bless us financially in return. And this, of course, has developed into what has sometimes been referred to as the prosperity gospel. In According to many, the prosperity gospel is that it is God's will for the believer to be financially blessed, to be healthy in body and mind, and that we can achieve this health and wealth through faith, through speaking positive words, and to giving to the right causes. Does the Bible actually teach this? Is that what these verses mean? Is the prosperity gospel biblical? There is an element of truth in that message, but it's a distorted message with misplaced priorities. I think it's interesting that this particular form arose really in prosperous Western culture. And if you look in the Bible and over the centuries and even around the world today, many of the most faithful saints of God have lived in poverty or deprivation. And maybe they're more spiritual than a lot of people who live in prosperity. And even the statements in Scripture and Proverbs, for example, they are talking about general principles but there can be many reasons why uh, that God's people do suffer under adverse circumstances. So you can't take a general statement or a principle of how things are supposed to work in God's plan and a wise way to live and translate that into some uh, ironclad rule that would say, well, if you're spiritual, you're going to be rich. And therefore, if you're not rich, you're not spiritual. And In fact, Jesus flipped that thinking on his head because that was prevalent even in the first century among Jews. Well, if you're you're really living for God, you're going to be prosperous. And if you're not prosperous, there's something wrong with you. And Jesus actually blew the minds of the disciples. He said, you know, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to go to heaven. And they recalled in shock, well, we all want to be rich. What do you mean? Uh, we, we think being rich is the epitome of God's blessings. That's, that's what we're living for. What do you mean? You can't, we can't go to heaven if we get rich. And he said, well, with God, all things are, are possible. So it's possible, but you're starting off putting yourself in, in a very difficult position if you're striving to be rich because there are many distractions, many temptations. Uh, but yes, with God's grace, you can overcome them. So actually, we might be asking, can... Can people who believe the prosperity gospel be saved? Not not should we all believe the prosperity gospel. Now, I will say, God does as a general principle, uh, and you even see this in John's epistles. You know, I want you to be in health and prosper even as your soul prospers. Of course, that's that's what we might say to our friends and our family and fellow believers. I want you to be blessed, and that's true, and that is the will of God. 
That's the general will of God. But you can't translate that into a doctrine uh, that would be contrary to the Word of God because God's foremost blessings are spiritual and not necessarily material. And God doesn't promise that we would be materially wealthy. I think if we follow godly principles, we're much more likely to be successful in all aspects of life, including business and personal life. But because there's so many other factors, the attack of the devil, yes, God can, uh, can rebuke the devil, but the circumstances of life, it's much as we also talked about divine healing. Yes, there's healing, but not all of it's going to happen in this life. So whatever we don't get down here, we'll get in heaven. I would likewise say it is God's will for us to prosper. But due to various circumstances of life, uh, our culture, our, the, our nation, our family, uh, our, just the particular events of life that God doesn't intervene and dramatically overturn. So you, you get in a car accident or your house burns down or some uh, unforeseen calamity, an earthquake, a tornado, and it could destroy your life savings. It's not God's fault. It's not necessarily God's plan, but it's, it's life. And not all of that is going to be fixed immediately. Whatever we don't receive down here, we will see receive up there. I will say giving is a, is a divine principle. Tithes and offerings, we see in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, God loves a cheerful giver. If we give generously, we'll reap gener- generously. Again, that's a general principle. I think it's a mistake and even a travesty to say, okay, if I give $1,000, I'm going to get 5000 back. First of all, our motive has to be to give to God's cause, not to see what we can get. We don't give to get. We do believe that God will supply our needs, honor our faith, and bless us. But it's not a mechanical process where we can punch buttons and get things back. We don't give to the church so we can get material possessions. That's the wrong motive. Second of all, God's richest blessings are not material. So we may be greatly blessed. It doesn't mean we're going to have a new house or a new car or double our income, but it may mean God's blessings and protection on our family. It may mean that we have peace of mind. It may mean we have satisfaction knowing we invested in the kingdom of God and our investment will last for eternity. It may be the joy of knowing that we've helped win souls through through our financial giving to missions or or, or through our labor in the local church. So the richest blessings of God are not necessarily going to be returned in a financial sense. So I think a holistic approach to say, number one, God does bless us. He wants to bless us. He does supply our needs. But number two, not all the blessings are material. Not all of them come in this life. Not all of them are are a mechanical return uh, in a financial sense. Uh, We must be very well aware uh, of that. And we are simply, here's the point. We're trying to be good stewards of everything that God has given us. God will supply our needs, but not necessarily all of our wants. And truly, 90% of what's on our list is not a need. So yes, we might want a bigger house, but we could live in a two-room house if we needed to. We might want a new car, but we could actually survive without a car. And throughout most of history and most of our United Pentecostal believers today live in very humble circumstances. 
And we can't say we're more spiritual than they. We just happen to live in a country that has followed principles of economic prosperity. So we're, we're just fortunate to be in such a case. And I would say God may have allowed that and blessed us so that we could give generosity to missions and so that we could help those who are in need. And also, First John also talks about, you know, you can quote scriptures that whatever you ask in faith, you will receive. That's true. But sometimes it's stated, sometimes it's not always stated, but First John states it plainly, according to God's will. And Jesus himself said in John 14, if you ask anything in my name. And that implies not just a mechanical repetition of the word Jesus to get something, but in God, in the name of Jesus means with him as Lord, according to his purpose and will. So no, God, God is not obligated to give us everything we want. And God may have a will that is different from what we want. So to to teach the prosperity gospel as a mechanical um, reward system, I think, is a distortion of Scripture. Yes, God wants to bless us. Yes, we should have faith for financial needs, for physical needs, for all aspects of life. At the same time, we must say with the Apostle Paul, in whatever state I find myself, there I will be content. I will trust that God will supply all of my needs according to His riches and glory. But my goal is to serve Him, to be a good steward of whatever He gives me, to be content with what I have, and to trust Him in all things, and most of all, to understand the greatest blessings are going to be spiritual, and the ultimate reward is going to be eternal. Thank you for joining us for today's broadcast. We hope you'll make plans to join us again next time when once again we take a look at how the Bible applies to our everyday lives.